Welcome to the Garden Wise Show with Colorado's most knowledgeable and entertaining garden experts, the Garden Wise Guys, Keith Funk and Jim Borland. Get ready for gardening tips that you can use right now. New plants, hot products, and the latest from horticultural science. The lines are open, so call into the Legend Studio now. 303-477-2473. 303-477-2473. On the air since 1994, the Garden Wise Guys have the answers to your questions about gardening in the high-altitude desert of the Colorado Front Range. And now, here are your hosts, the Garden Wise Guys. I told you we'd be back pretty soon. I think my voice is still echoing from the last hour right yeah, here no in doubt. the studio. So it's it's a very short break over the top of the hour. I had to tell you, I am down to maybe four or five plants, four or five flats of plants that still need to be planted. I'm very proud of myself. <laughs> I have several flats of tubelings that didn't make it in this spring. What are you going to do with them? I'm going to have to hold them over. Why? Unless we get unless we get a monsoon season. Oh, that because you want to put them where you don't water. Yeah. Let's see, and I'm I'm reworking an entire part of my perennial beds, digging it and removing a forsythia that has only looked good maybe once in <laughs> ten years. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, it just doesn't. It, it hasn't earned its place in the yard so it's out gone and i'm digging that area and i've got like i said about five flats of plants i'm waiting to put into that area once it's all dug up i'm doing it a little bit at a time because it's not easy it's in an area that is covered in this granite gravel all right and underneath that is that gray fabric oh boy and then underneath that is more granite gravel and then underneath that is black plastic I'm very sorry. <laughs> it, uh, it's, it's tiring just to think about it, let alone get out there with a shovel and try to dig through that. But once I get it, I'm just digging the gravel into the soil. I'm not even taking the gravel out. I'm just taking the plastic and the fabric out. And then I've got plants to go in. I've got foxtail lily and some of that, poly, that polygonum polymorpha. Mm-hmm. And, you know, big, vigorous things that can handle working in a challenging soil. But I don't think the gravel should be a problem. I don't think so either. I, I, a few rocks in the soil. <clears throat> and, and I don't know how, how deep you're incorporating all that gravel, but chances are it's not changing texture of soil at all. Not much, no. It's still pretty gravelly, but I'm getting down 8 or 10 inches deep. Okay. And uh, I've got that sanguisorba. 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 Guisorba. Sanguisorba that I'm looking forward to planting. I've never grown All that right. before. And so I'll have a brand new bed. And I guess I brought this up because I get a lot of questions. Is it too late to plant? And it's I like, no, <laughs> it's not too late to plant. And I think a lot of that comes from my generation and your generation back in the day when plastic pots weren't around and when you moved things when you planted stuff it had to be dug out of the ground yeah out of the ground to, to move it to a new plot this is not the time for that but container grown plants that have every root they've ever grown they'll do better in the ground than they do in the pot sitting oh, on the bench yeah absolutely we'll and they'll be just better. fine you just, it's just a little extra attention to watering is all and that only lasts for a couple weeks and I just kind of ignore them after that Unless they wilt. 
And in, what, 95 to 100 degree temperature, they might. They might wilt during the day, but if you go check the soil and it's moist, it's just, it's just heat wilt. So yes. I don't water them. Yes, yeah, so you're going to see, in your, especially in your vegetable garden, all the... Um, squash. All the squash, yes. Yeah. And uh, in my case, it's uh, kohlrabi, too. Really? Big, big leaves on that thing. Yeah. And the middle part of the day, <clears throat> they're, they're wilting like crazy. And you can go out and syringe them if you want. Make sure, by the way that you don't syringe them with the hose that's been laying out in the yard because that water that comes out of there is going to be scalding hot. <laughs> yeah, well, you're using a term that maybe some people aren't familiar with. What do you mean syringe? Syringe. Yes. That I mean, means... That's something that you inject your arm with a vaccination <laughs> with, with or something. With a syringe, yes. yes. Yes, of course. No, what, is, what do you mean when you say <clears throat> syringe? You're spritzing. How's that, a better term? Misting, spritzing. Spritzing. <laughs> spritzing water over the top. You're not watering the plants, per se. You're just spritzing cold water over the top of them and as that water evaporates it cools the plant mm -hmm. and no the droplets of the water no. on the leaves in the sun <clears throat> is not going to burn the leaves that is an old wives tale that needs to be put to bed now Jeepers. it doesn't happen and the people who still believe that haven't stopped to think that everywhere in the world it is full sunny weather, and then it starts raining. And then it goes and, back to and, sunny. And then it goes back to sunny again. And why don't four, entire forests start burning up? Yeah. <laughs> because well, that happens here all the time. It, it clouds up in the afternoon, yeah. rains for 15 <clears throat> or 20 minutes, and then it goes back to full sun again. Yep. We shouldn't have any leaves on our trees. We shouldn't. The grass should be dead. Everything should be dead. Yeah. Yeah. No, it doesn't work that way. No, sorry, folks. All right, let's get back out to the phones. What's that, Steve? Oh, okay. Don and Parker is first. Oh, well, he's... Oh, oh Bill and Parker. Okay, good morning, Bill. Good morning. Good morning. What's going on with you today? Uh, a couple of things. We have tomato plants, and we have something on them my daughter tells me is the RIPS. Okay. H-R-I-P-S. Okay. Yes. Um, spray those with seven. Would that take care of them? Well, let's see. I think um, seven can work, but it's an organophosphate, and I like to try to stay away from those in the vegetable garden because it is absolutely deadly to bees. Um, I, I would probably go with uh, using a product called eight, <laughs> oddly enough, and I would use that in the in the evening after the bees have gone home and you can spray your plants with eight and it will it takes care of thrip quite well and you're right it is thrips it's pearl because there's never just one okay and have you have you seen these little beasties um i have not i'm going on what my daughter okay. told me was out there and i'm sure she interneted it you know as okay. a thing in our houses how do we do anything before Google? You know. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Second thing, we have <clears throat> some honey locust trees in our yard. In the shady areas underneath them, <clears throat> it looks like we are growing an experimental forest of dandelions. Okay. Can can we spray dandelions with some kind of broadleaf um, a weed killer that will not destroy the honey locust? Oh, yeah. That weed-free zone will work just fine. 
Do do you have a broadleaf weed killer in your arsenal someplace? Um, God, now you can ask me questions. I know the answers to, but I can't think of them right <laughs> okay. now. That's right. If you happen to have um, one, yeah. it, it'll it'll work and it'll be just fine. Yeah, we've got um, a couple of different milestone. Milestone. That, that sounds like a, that's a. I think that's a restricted chemical, isn't it? Have to be my a licensed step. Yeah, my son does all that kind of stuff. Okay. So he he's gotten his license and all like that. He works for the state. So oh, says, okay. Want to get this stuff? Yeah. In which case, he's so that, yeah. He's using chemicals. He needs a license to use. And the, yeah. with those, you have so, to be. And the reason they need a license before for it, 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 they're a little more potent than the stuff that you and I can buy off the shelf. And so you have to be extra okay. careful. You have to know, really have to know what you're doing. I'm looking it up right well, now just to make sure that it is a broadleaf weed killer that can be used in grasses. Yes, you're good for that. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've, I've used it before in on sections of weed out in our pasture. Okay. I just didn't want to spray around a tree and have the tree go. Yeah, just make sure up, you know. use it according to label instructions. Do not use more than they that they tell you to use. Because okay. that stuff typically is a lot more potent than what you can get off the shelf. I'm, I'm a little concerned, now that you've mentioned this, that the areas that it says you can use it on are roadsides, rangeland, railroads, pipelines, pastures, oil and gas pads, industrial sites. Yeah, I'm, I'm concerned. Those are normally areas that do not have trees. Yeah. <laughs> Don't have trees. Yeah, exactly. And okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at Or what the uh, active ingredient is. It's aminopyrolid. Aminopyrolid. <coughs> oh, boy. It says to control that weeds. sounds interesting. Yeah, I'd okay, read the well, label really well, closely about its interaction with trees and tree roots. Because I'm not sure if this is one that goes in through the foliage or it actually goes in through the soil. And, and I, Since it's selective, I would think it would be a foliage. Yeah, I would think so, activity. too. But uh, you may want to uh, spend some time on Mr. Google and, and check out several sites. Check out the sites that are related to universities. And there are reasons that some okay. of these pesticides are controlled in the way this one is, that you have to have a license to use it. Okay. So I definitely um, read the so, label closely. So what else is there if I choose not to do this? Well, just if off the shelf or in a garden center, level. you can get weed-free zone. That That's safe weed to use. Weed-free zone. Weed-free mm-hmm. zone, yeah. And typically, one application should take care of all your dandelions. They're they're fairly easy to kill. Okay, very good. Thank you, gentlemen. All right, you bet. Good luck. Thanks. All right. Yeah, I've I've heard of that. I think we had a caller a year or so ago that asked about milestone it might have been the same caller (laughs) (laughs) i have to admit i don't remember the call and i don't i don't recall that herbicide at all but then i don't pay that much attention to uh, restricted herbicides 
Right, and I and, and that active ingredient I've never yeah. heard of. I'm not familiar with it, there, so I don't know its mode of action, which is really important to know. There are tons of chemicals out there that I don't know anything about. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I used to try to keep track of you know stuff that's used in greenhouses and what have you. Man, long time ago, I gave up. Oh, it, it changes just kept yearly. Changing every year. I mean, yeah. dramatically changes, mm-hmm. and then new stuff comes on board. It's like, I, I can't keep up with it. Yeah. That's all I can do to keep up with the over-the-counter <coughs> homeowner-type products. Well, yeah, that, that keeps changing, too. It does. It's, it, and, and, and sometimes it's a label you're familiar with already, and it keeps the same name, but it changes the active ingredient. Yep. You've got to watch for that, too. You do. <clears throat> and should they get rid of per- permethrin, <laughs> we're in a heap of trouble. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you. Permethrin and imidacloprid, both of yep. those. Yeah. Um, I did get a um, an email. I just wanted to bring this up real quickly. I did get an email from one of our listeners that is concerned about us recommending Roundup. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, there, there's just no other alternative to, to accomplish what our callers are asking for. And yes, I understand Roundup. There are lots of class action suits and all sorts of things. And from what I've been able to gather, it's mostly because the thing has been abused. Yeah. And used inappropriately, and taken to courtrooms uh, where the where the jury is just people off the street mm-hmm. who don't understand science. Yeah, and, so. and if I think about it, maybe I'll make a note here. I'll bring in a list of uh, of government organizations who've looked into this thoroughly and said it's perfectly fine. I mean, how many products do you have in your and, house? And I'm not talking about just here in this country. I'm talking about European countries. Yeah. <clears throat> how many how many products do you have in your house? Cleaning supplies, medicines, all sorts of things. If used inappropriately, you'll can die. Be damaging. <laughs> you'll die on yes. some of them. <laughs> yeah. So it's just all a matter of making sure you're using it appropriately, mixing it appropriately, storing it appropriately, disposing of it appropriately. I, I it's just a, a res- being responsible yeah. is all that there's to it. Right now, with a lot of people, it, it's a knee-jerk reaction mm-hmm. <clears throat> about, about Roundup because they see these advertisements on TV all the time. And this stupid lady, sorry, this lady who, <laughs> who constantly is hammering away at, if you have ever used you know, <clears throat> Roundup and suffered from this, that, or the other, you know, call us. We're going to give you money. Number one, people, they take a big chunk of whatever you might get. Yeah, they're not doing it out of the kindness of their heart. They're doing it because it's a moneymaker for them. Yeah. And, and, and keep in mind that TV commercials are expensive. Yes. So having said all of that, yeah. let's go back out to the phones and uh, see what Montalie is up to out in Littleton. Good morning, Montalie. Good morning. How are you? Well, um, um, I'm worried that my petunias have white spots and i don't know what that means what do you think oh it means that they were wet and the sun came out and burned them <laughs> darn <laughs> i thought that first i thought no <laughs> and if the white spots are on the purple flowers then that's on purpose <laughs> <laughs> but you have white spots on the leaves and how big are these white spots uh, they're like little dots but they're they're multiple dots and uh-huh. I have lots of petunias of the same color in another pot, and they don't have the white spots. Have you used any kind of product on them, like a spray or 
they were in the way when you're cleaning windows and spritzed them with window cleaner and, and you know, anything like that? No. No. In fact, I was gone and the sprinkler, you know, was watering them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Normally when I see white spots uh, and irregularly scattered throughout a leaf, <clears throat> I always look at the underside of the leaf and, and in, I expect to see some kind of insect. And I have not done that. Okay. Well, you might start there. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of what else would cause white spots on petunia leaves. Can you think of anything, Jim? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> They're yeah. not prone to mildew or anything. And, you know, on the yellow ones, uh, so that's the red petunias <coughs> that I have. And then in the same pot, I have yellow, and they're almost gray. They're, they also have these dots, multiple dots all over the petals, and they're gray. Or they show up as gray on yellow. Okay, now you're talking about spots on petals. I thought we were talking about spots on leaves. Well, the red part of the flower. <laughs> okay, the that, petals. That would that's be the petals. Different. <laughs> that's that, a petal. Okay, like that you, sounds uh, like botrytis, doesn't it? Yeah, that could. That's more sounding more like a fungus. fungus. Where are these petunias located? Um, uh, backyard, which faces south. Faces south. Um, are they in full sun all day long? Yes. I'm wondering now if they're not getting too much. How are they being watered? Um, when I water them, I water them probably every other day just with a, a hose, and mm-hmm. I go under the petals. <laughs> I don't spray down on them. I'm wondering about a heat situation with the plant not getting quite enough water. Although you're watering by hand, right. uh, one thing I want you to check the next time you go out and water. No, when, next time you go out and water, before you turn the water on, put your finger down in the soil, get a little trowel, and see just how moist it is already. And then I want you to put the trowel away and then take the hose out or however you're watering it. Do, water them as you always have uh-huh. and and then take that trowel back out and see how far your water went down into the soil okay okay i'm suspecting that your water is not going down very far okay even though you think it is okay <clears throat> so they may not be getting enough water it's the guess on this side of the phone yes okay <laughs> well, that's a good guess okay, um, yeah because botrytis would be on the other end of the spectrum where the where the plants are staying, especially the the flowers and the foliage are actually staying wet too long. Yeah, if you're on the south side, that probably isn't the issue. Unless it's right. unless you're watering, say, late in the evening and they're wet all night. No, I water in the morning. Okay, there you go. Okay. Yeah, well, and then thrips can cause that too. Thrips can cause white spots on the flowers in particular. Yeah. And and also on the foliage, but mostly on the flowers. And those are those are hard to get rid of. Okay. And you might want to next time <clears throat> next next morning when a flower opens, just cut that flower off and take a good look at inside the flower, and see if you don't see these thrips in there. Do you know what thrips look like? I have no idea. <clears throat> God, they're almost thread-like in in uh, in width. They're tiny. They're very very small. Uh, about what a quarter inch long. 
if, if that, maybe if that, an eighth of an inch long, yeah. and even less wide. They're long, narrow little things, and they can come in a number of colors. Often the, the color that you find is mimicking the color that they're on. Oh, okay. Um, are these? Is this what you were just talking about with the squash and um, produce like that? <clears throat> what was the call we had with, was about? Oh, tomatoes. Uh, tomatoes, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, at any rate, um, if I do see those, I should use eight, right? Correct. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. And, and we, were, we just mentioned squash and thrips. I think thrips and squash blossoms always go together. It's a native insect. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a, a clean squash blossom. There's always thrips in there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Same thing with catalpa flowers. There's always thrips in there. Yeah. Okay. So you should always be spraying them with eight, huh? Not necessarily. Yeah. I mean, a small infestation of thrips is practically not noticeable. Yeah. It's when they get out of control that they can deform the flowers, the foliage gets crippled. Um, the plant just looks ab- way abnormal. Okay. Okay. Well, I um, have another question. Go ahead. If you have time for that. For that. <clears throat> I have three peonies. And two are okay. They've, you know, they've all flowered, and, and I have to pick off the flowers. Uh, but the third one is all moldy. moldy. It has that gray cast to it. Okay, that's mildew. Right. So should I cut that all the way back? No. Just leave it? Yeah, those leaves are still functioning. But what it tells me is it's, it's not in a place where it's happy. Okay. Mildew is one of those opportunistic funguses. And most plants are going to be fine because it's always around. It's like bread mold spores in the air. You know, mildew's always around. And only is a problem when the environmental conditions are right, which is typically poor air circulation and moisture. So uh, just examine where that plant is growing. Decide, you know, is it in enough sun? Is it getting the air circulation? Or is it crowded in with a bunch of other things where you're not getting good air circulation? And is the, is the moisture regime correct for it? Okay. It's, um, it's also on the south side, and it's on the <clears throat> east side, so it gets a lot of after, uh, really hot afternoon sun. Mm-hmm. Okay. And air circulation? Um, well, it's standing at the uh, end of a line of three peony plants, and they're all kind of tall and big. Uh-huh. Um, but they're relatively new. They're about three years old. So is I this don't a, think, is and it, this is the first year I've seen this. That, you okay. know, last year they did fine. All right. Is this a different variety than the other peonies? Nope. Nope. They're all the same? Right. Okay. And, it, and it's not in more shade at being at the end than the others? Nope. They're pretty evenly, they're evenly spaced, and mm-hmm. they, they get even, even, amu- even amounts of light. And how are I, they getting watered? Um, I water, the, water them by hand at the base. Okay. And I do have a little drip system. Well, then, I, then you're just imagining this problem. <laughs> yeah. I'd, go out, I'd go out and have a talk with that last one. <laughs> no kidding. Just straighten up. <laughs> fly right or fly out of here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, I, I'm going to wrap this up by asking a question that was asked earlier, because I, too, have a Rose of Sharon, and I, I too, am waiting to see if it's, if it's dead or not. So how, when does it start, if it's not dead, when, when am I going to see signs of life? In a, well, in a I, day, in yeah. a week? 
I would do the fingernail test because you can. The bark is very, very thin. You can use your fingernail to check if there's any green under any of those stems anywhere, and okay. start at the top and just keep working down. I'm, okay. I'm really tempted to say if it has no no green leaves yeah, on it right, right now, now, it's <clears throat> not a good sign. Yeah, it's a goner. Okay. Well, it's a 40-year-old plant. Um, and so I figured, well, it has reached its time. But you all had mentioned that Rose of Sharon didn't do very well this year. And, and I, my question is, why is that? I suspect uh, the same reason of even number of uh, full-grown trees that died. It, it, we've had several occurrences of <clears throat> relatively high temperature during the day and sudden drops in temperature overnight. At a time in the, of the year that the plants aren't prepared for that. <clears throat> Like in the fall, early fall, September, October, um, it's happened in April where plants are coming out of dormancy. They have nice warm days, and then all of a sudden we drop down into single digits. Right. And some plants just, you know, evolved in uh, climates that, that that doesn't happen. Right. Well, and, and I, I was thinking we'll remove it, and then we'll plant a new one in that same spot since it did well for for 39 years, mm-hmm. um, and, but we'll do that in the spring. Does that sound well, like a good plan? Well, I would yeah. say <clears throat> make sure in the garden center you want one of those 39-year-old plants. Okay. <laughs> I'll be sure to ask. <laughs> okay. Because that's how old I am, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I still. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I know. Well, thank you very much. You've been helpful. Okay. Well, thanks for calling, okay. Montalie. Uh-huh. I think we're late for a break here, are we? We are. Yes, yes. we are. So, uh, Steve, if you'll do the honors, and we'll get the heck out of here just for a short time right here on Legends 810. Well, hello, Mrs. Johnson. Nice to see you again. What's that you have in the bag? It's, it's my tomatoes. Just look at this. The bottom side of all the largest fruit is turning into a nasty brown color. It's gross. My family won't eat these. What am I going to do? Okay, relax, Barbara. Your tomatoes have an easy-to-fix condition called blossom end rot. And you're right, it's nasty looking. But fortunately, it's not a disease, just a mild calcium deficiency, which is usually brought on by letting your plants get too dry between waterings. So I'm going to recommend you start using this Fertilome Yield Booster for tomatoes. This yield booster will supply the extra calcium your plants need to save the rest of your crop. Is it easy to use? I don't want to have to mix anything. You know, it couldn't be easier. Yield Booster comes pre-mixed in this handy trigger sprayer. All you have to do is spray the leaves and fruit weekly for at least three applications, and you'll have bigger, better tomatoes than ever before. Oh, what a relief. Bill, you've made my day. Better give me two of those bottles of Fertilome Yield Booster. I have lots of tomato plants. Find Fertilome Yield Booster at your favorite independent Fertilome retailer, including Wilmore Nursery in Littleton, The Tree Farm in Longmont, Tagawa Gardens in Centennial, Nick's Garden Center in Aurora, Jared's Nursery in Littleton. To find your closest dealer, go to www.fertilome.com. It's like the difference between soft, gentle rain and a monsoon. That's how I compare the effect of a Dram Rain wand on plants to the hard blast of a typical spray nozzle attachment to your garden hose. Water flows through 400 tiny holes in the Dram Rain Wand's soft shower nozzle to bathe and refresh your plants, not damage them or wash away soil. Its handy reach handle has a 60-degree bend and conveniently extends to more distant garden rows and hanging baskets. And there's a fingertip shutoff valve. 
No wonder professional growers in the greenhouses and nurseries use DRAM watering tools. Today, there are imitators, but nothing matches the superior quality of the original, invented over 50 years ago. They're simply the best. DRAM watering tools are available at Tagawa Gardens, Nick's Gardens, Jared's Garden Center, and Lafayette Florist and Greenhouse. into the fix it show with your questions about your home saturday morning at 9 30 specializing in heating and cooling problems legendary hosts deborah and adam bring decades of experience and award-winning expertise to their live interactive fix it show helping your home weather colorado's unique climate and temperature swings you have questions they have answers call into the fix it show every saturday morning from 9 30 to 10 30 on legends And welcome back to the Garden Wise Show, where we are just uh, taking your phone calls about your garden questions, not ours, although we chitter-chatter about our own problems from time to time and uh, offer up solutions, which uh, sometimes they're right. I was surprised this year with my radishes. I just wanted to point this out. I was harvesting them as they got large enough, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and, oh, they tasted so good. They were sweet and Mm -hmm, mild. mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden, they Burn your tongue off. <laughs> that's how you, without looking at the calendar or feeling what temperature it is outside, that's how you can tell it's gotten hot. <laughs> I guess, I guess. Uh, but my broccoli is still broccolizing. Your broccoli is? Uh-huh. Huh. I'm going to harvest some today. Cool. I'm going to go home and harvest a bunch of, uh, aren't I? Yes, I yes, am. Yes, it sounds tasty. <laughs> Why did why did some words just disappear? I don't know. <clears throat> and I've grown I grew sweet peas this year for the first time ever in my life. Hmm. In my whole entire life. And they're kind of cool. <laughs> All right. Although I'm not really impressed with the fragrance. Maybe I just got a bad yeah, you got a bad batch. Mix or something. <laughs> I, I was told that the fragrance is phenomenal. Well, and some of them, yes, very very well, nice. <laughs> I'm not impressed. <laughs> the flowers are cute and pretty. Um, there are other things that they give a much better color show. So if the fragrance isn't going to be there, I'm just not exactly sure why I bothered. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it it it's a. <laughs> in, in England, it, it's big. Oh, it's huge. Um, <laughs> they have people that competitions. Breed, people that breed them, like every year. Yeah. There are about, I don't know, three or 400 new varieties every year. Oh, they show them a Chelsea flower show. <laughs> I, I know. And they're, they're gorgeous. And they are fragrant. And they're very, very nice. But uh, and then that's the annual ones, by the way. Not the annual, the, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and here, usually it gets, gets too hot too quick. Is that and it? They, and they just fall apart. Yeah. Hmm. They love they love cool temperatures, which is another definition of England. <laughs> well, but during the cool part of the year, they just kind of sat there and stared at me. Yeah. They didn't well, really start growing until we got some warmth. Is that the perennial ones now? Again? No. Oh, it's okay. the annual. <clears throat> I, I'm not going to grow the perennial one. It's yeah. it's a it's a bully. It's a thug. It's a thug. <laughs> no exactly. <laughs> I boy, I, I spent years. Pulling them out of my fence row along the alley. Yeah, I years. Bet. 
spraying them and pulling them. And yep. of course, you know, the seed lasts like forever. I know. And once you get them started, it's like it's like you've got really? bindweed. That's right. Uh, kohlrabi. That's the name. Oh, I kohlrabi. Talked about them before we even started the show this morning, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, when that name disappeared, they love this cool temperatures. Mm-hmm. They don't seem to mind the heat. Yeah, either. boy. Now I got <laughs> tons of kohlrabi. <laughs> well, good for you. I grow it for my son, and <clears throat> mine hasn't. Mine's maybe the size of a small marble at this point. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I got baseball size ones. Is so. that oh, right? Oh, yeah. When did you plant them? Uh, pr- pretty early, because I know they'll take a lot of cold. Yeah, maybe March or. <clears throat> no, it wasn't March. No, it was sometime in probably in April. Okay. Huh. Maybe early May. I forget. But they, but they sat there for. Ever uh-huh. I grew them from well, grew them from seed. What else would you grow them from? <clears throat> and uh, like everything I put in the garden this spring, it, it stuff just sat there for weeks. Just sat there, yeah. Yeah. And then finally, poof, now they have these big giant leaves. Yeah. I've got the big leaves. I just don't you know, have the. And now I'm finding I didn't thin them out nearly enough. Oh. I thought okay. I did, but no, not quite. Okay. Well, I I bought one. A nice big softball <clears throat> sized one at Nick's yeah, in the yeah. farmers market. Last weekend, because I knew the kids were coming over, mm-hmm. and I wanted to give one to Tyler and say, "Here, look what I grew." Look for what you. I grew. <laughs> <laughs> he was all excited. Oh, he took it home. I didn't get. I got a couple of little pieces. Oh, <laughs> well, you tell him if he wants to stop by the house, <laughs> I can give him a, a bucket full. <laughs> all right. Well, cool. Well, let's get out to the phones. We've got Don waiting to talk to us about peaches. Good morning, Don. Good morning. Uh, actually, I have two questions. Go for it. Uh, the I have a Floribunda rose I've had for many years uh, mm-hmm. in my rose garden. It's, uh this year developed uh, severe rust. I've treated it, uh, well, I think, three times now with the fungicide. Okay. And just don't seem to be making any progress. And I'm, I'm wondering, do I just need to cut it all the way back to the, the ground? <clears throat> I don't think I up? would. I don't think I would do that. You've got orange. Um, splotches on the back side of the leaves. Is that what it is? Yes. Okay. Yes. Just want to make sure we're talking Top about to rust. Bottom. Top to bottom. That doesn't sound... I've always had a little rust in my garden, but nothing yeah. like this. <clears throat> well, we we had a pretty wet spring, and that's what yeah. rust loves. Uh, is this plant in full sun? <clears throat> uh, no, really afternoon sun. Oh, okay. So a good portion of the afternoon... Yes. Okay. And how is it being watered? I hand water it some, but it also gets sprinkler system. Okay. But it's it's uh, it's not a spray on. It's a um, you know it's in the uh, in the bed waters oh, the roots. A drip system. Yes. Okay. So, well, rust usually likes uh, a plant that is under stress, and yeah. a plant that is not in its ideal growing situation either lots of moisture on the foliage which it doesn't sound like that's the problem or not well, enough it's been light. There 20 years it's been there 20 years and this has been a problem for how long just this season okay uh it's uh it, it's the favorite of japanese beetles in my garden for the last three or four years oh yeah yeah roses are like candy for japanese beetles <laughs> so um i guess I'm at kind of a loss. What are you using as a fungicide? Uh, oh. Let me see. 
and you can bought it at one of the local big box stores. Don't know the brand offhand. I'm, I'm heading to the shed to look. Okay, because not all fungicides are good on rust. So uh, did did you know that it had a, that had rust on the label? Uh, not to remember, but. Uh, <clears throat> so what I can check I can get on to my, to my second question here All right. while I'm while I'm looking. Okay, go for it. I've got a a, a great peach tree that uh well, three or four years ago the squirrels uh noticed and started eating my peaches, you know, when they're about the size of a plum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Last year I got a few peaches but this year they started nice and early and I you know I always thin them in the in the spring but this year I mean it's a real war I've been trapping them okay <laughs> and, okay. and relocating them yeah <laughs> but you know uh, they're just you know I have maybe 50 peaches left they'll not make it to ripeness can you net them can you net like individual branches you know, I have tried that, but they uh, they just managed to to get in for the most part all of those nets. Yeah, they can tear right through them, can't they? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think trapping them is your best bet. I know it's it's difficult and time consuming, and then you have to drive many miles. And other squirrels just move into the vacuum. That's that's right. Right, and and te- technically, I guess it's not even legal <laughs> to <laughs> to relocate squirrels. But uh, yeah. we won't use your last name, and, and we'll blur your face on the radio. <laughs> Pixel, you're, yeah, you're coming in pixel pixelated now. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Okay, well. Uh, I, I guess you're gonna let the squirrels win. It's it's called Daconil. D A C O. Yeah, that's that's an old old fashioned one. Yeah. It's been around a long, long time. I don't remember what's on the label. I'm looking right now. But uh, it doesn't remind me of I'm not I'm not It does say rust. It does say rust. Okay. okay. I I prefer to go with more of a um systemic Mm-hmm. Dacanil is strictly uh, a surface coating. Yeah, spray it. Yeah, so the minute it rains or you water overhead, it, it washes off your protection. And it's certainly not uh, a, a fungicide that is good at cure, uh, being a curative. Okay. Yeah, it's more preventive. It's protection. Yeah, yeah, more protection, preventive, yeah. Okay. So I so think I'd go with something. <clears throat> yeah, I would go with a systemic <clears throat> fungicide. Fertilone makes a good one uh, called liquid systemic fungicide, of all things. <laughs> I should be able to remember that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's what, I'll, that's what I'll try. Okay. Hey, thank you. You bet. You, you bet. <clears throat> and the rest that you currently have is not going to look like it disappears. No. It's going to be around. It's going to hang on there. What you're basically doing is trying to keep any new growth that happens free of the disease. Yeah. I, it's, it's really environmental more than anything. It is. It's the kind of spring we've had. I was, 
It's like someone on TV once said, it's always something. It is. <laughs> I noticed on my hollyhocks that the, <clears throat> the weevils. Yep. I had all these beautiful buds, and I was waiting for flowers, and the flowers were not coming, and they weren't coming, and they weren't coming. It's like, what's the deal? Weevils. Weevils. <laughs> Well, once you get this under control, then you've got to look hollyhock rust. <laughs> well, or Japanese beetle. And Japanese beetle. Yeah. And by the way, have you seen any Japanese not beetles? Not one. Not a single one this year so far. Oh, I Cross saw, my fingers, knock on wood. I saw them on one of my willows and <clears throat> one of my grapes, and I thought, and, and last year I got some eight. Uh-huh. Because I heard somebody else use it, and it worked great. So I, I applied it to the grapes and to the willow, and uh so far, I haven't seen any beetles anywhere. That's about the only thing that they hit in the garden so far. Well, what I, what's, what I have found, <clears throat> oh, we need to take a break here. What I have found that it ate, and it'll tell you right on the label, is it once it's dried onto the plant, it, it sort of acts as a repellent. Well, yeah, it, well, it's the permethrin is, mm-hmm. uh, is a repellent mm-hmm. in addition to a killer. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which is nice. So the beetle yeah. lands on the plant, doesn't like it, flies away. Yeah. I have uh, did see two beetles landed on the plant, and I looked, and I didn't see them eating. Yeah. So, and you know, an hour later, they were gone, which is fine by me. Yeah, exactly. That right. was the plan. <laughs> All right, we have to take a little break. Uh, we won't be gone very long, <clears throat> and then we're going to come back and talk with who's on uh, on, on that track would be here? Dick. Okay, Dick out in. Uh, Castle, Castle Rock. Rock, yes. And uh, we'll talk to him about roses, if I can make that out from this distance, right here on Legends 810. Rain or shine, stop by Jared's Nursery Gift and Garden to check out the great selection of annuals and perennials in stock. Trucks arrive almost daily with flowers, ornamental grasses, and shrubs. It is not too late to start some of the warm season veggies from seed, cucumbers, beans, squash, also some of the root crops, such as carrots and beets. The leafy veggies are fine if provided with shade. As always, Jared's has a great gift store and some fun garden art, lots of dragons this year, as well as many other unusual items. Stop in and check them out. Pots include several styles of aqua pots, the new stylish ceramic self-watering pots you see advertised everywhere. These pots, developed by proven winners, are not only stylish, but they reduce water usage and make it much easier to keep the plants happy and healthy. Jared's Nursery Gift and Garden on West Bulls Avenue between Kipling and Sims. Hours are 9 to 6 weekdays and 9 to 5 weekends. Hope to see you soon. Well, summer is in full swing now, and look who's back. Those nasty Japanese beetles, and they're ready to wreak havoc on your garden. If you're looking to successfully control Japanese beetles without damaging the environment, look no further than Beetle Gone from Phylum Bioproducts. Derived from a naturally occurring soil bacteria, Beetle Gone is the only organic solution that successfully controls those destructive beetle invaders. Just mix the powder with water and spray on your plants. Once ingested, they stop feeding and die. And since it's an organic BT product, rest assured it's a safe choice to use on your fruits and veggies in addition to your ornamental flowers and trees. Not only does Beetle Gone work on adult Japanese beetles, it is completely safe to use around beneficials such as ladybugs, butterflies, and bees. And it has no issues with water toxicity. Beetle Gone from Phylum Bioproducts. Target the pest and not the rest. You'll find Beetle Gone at your favorite independent garden center. And make sure you tell them that the Garden Wise Guys sent you. 
And we are back. We're taking your phone calls, and right now we have Dick, if I remember right, <clears throat> from Castle Rock, wants to talk about roses again. We already took a call about roses. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, Dick. Morning, guys. What's going on? Hey, I, I, got, I got a two-part question, but I need to start out by seeing if you guys can identify this rose bush. Uh, Uh-oh. This, this bush it doesn't have a single stem coming out of the ground. It's got several stalks coming out. Mm-hmm. And uh, each little stem that has rosebuds, it'll have five or six or seven on each stem. And this thing is absolutely gorgeous when it blooms. It's bright red roses. Uh, over over the blooming period, it's probably 30 days or so. Uh, so when that dies out, uh, I'm just wondering if there's a technique to prune that to make it bloom again. Is this, guess, is, this all, a, is this a shrub rose or a climbing rose? No, it's a shrub rose. Okay. And it's not like each stem has a single rosebud on it. If they have five or six or seven on it. Yeah, it sounds like it might be, what, a grandiflora? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, grandiflora. Yeah, there is a way to prune that to encourage uh, additional <clears throat> flowers. It may or may not work. depends on the variety, variety of rose. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Those clusters of flowers, uh, once they are spent, once they are gone... Uh, take out your yep. pruners and then go back on that stem until you find a five or seven leaf leaf leaflet leaf. <laughs> yeah, okay, I, I have done that in the past. Okay, <clears throat> that will that will take you down into some heavier wood, and it's that heavier wood when it resprouts, oftentimes will then bloom. So you're saying go down, go down the main stock some. Yes. And cut it off. Yes. Yeah. Uh, start start where the dead flowers are and move move toward the interior of the bush until <clears throat> you come across at least a five leaflet leaf. But even better would be a seven leaflet leaf. Okay. Because on a normal rose bush, I will uh, I, I will prune it back at the at the at the uh, five leaf uh, branch. Uh huh. Few weeks later, of course, you get another bud, like yes. pruning mm-hmm. process. Mm-hmm. All right. The other question I have is: we had a hailstorm out here about a month ago, and it just stripped my the leaves off the Kentucky coffee tree and uh, uh, fruitless pear tree I have out back. Now, those are coming back beautifully. Okay. And it uh, hammered our uh, our. Uh, Uh, columbines and hammered them down. They're coming back beautifully. Uh huh. And it hammered and hammered this rose bush. We had a lot had a lot of buds on it. And by the way, the deer love those those buds. Oh and yes, they do. Using granular deer deer repellent. I've, I've got a problem, but that must be like dessert to those. Things. Oh, it definitely <laughs> is. Yes. But uh, seeing as how it was hammered, it, it just knocked all the buds off. Uh, is it too late to go back and, and do the branch trimming like you were talking about? No, not at all. Oh, so I could go back and give that a shot and see if that helps. Oh, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, that's about all I had. I, I fertilize that every two weeks with, uh, with uh, uh, oh, gosh. Anyway, 
The problem in the past, if I didn't pay attention to fertilizing, uh, I'd have trouble with that rose bush blooming, and, and I'm doing that every two weeks now. With uh, what's what's the common uh, miracle grow? Bite? Huh? Miracle grow? Yeah, there you go. Okay. Sorry, had a senior moment there. Understood. But uh, is is that is that decent enough fertilizer for a bush like that? Oh yeah, they they have one uh, miracle grow that's specifically for roses. But their general purpose miracle grow will work just fine. Are you using it as a soil drench or a foliar feed? I do both. Okay. You can't hurt it. Yeah, so that that's yeah, it's better than nothing, that's for sure. Yeah. I, I wet the leaves down pretty good and then I'll turn the hose down uh with my uh feeder on the end of the hose and, and, and let it soak the uh the the ground around the uh the rose bush for Every, every two weeks. That sounds great. Cool. Otherwise, it gets fertilized with my sprinkler system. Oh, you have so, a, you have an injector for your sprinkler system? No, no. I'll just thought the injector I'm talking about it mounts on the end of the hose. You know? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. So other than that, yeah, I, I think you've answered my question. I, you guys do a great job, by the way. Well, thanks, Dick. We appreciate your call today. You bet. Have a great day. You too. All right. Where are we at? Well, we are, uh, 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 when we leave here, we're going to start, at least I am. I don't know what you're going to do, but I'm going to start celebrating some things today. Okay. National Kitten Day today. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) That's the exact response that I expected. (laughs) And, And this is wise information. Don't step on a bee today. Okay, I'll try to keep yeah, that in that's, mind. That's a, they hold all, it's a separate day for that. Other days, it's okay. Okay. <laughs> but not barefoot, ever. It's National Pina Colada Day. Even better. And how can you go wrong with that? Of course, if you have too many of them, you'll probably step on bees. I, you probably would. <laughs> and you probably, and your kitten wouldn't like you then. Yeah. Uh, pick Blueberries Day today. Okay. And it's Teddy Bear's Picnic Day. Aww. Aww. <laughs> Take your kitten. Yeah, so 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 you see in those celebrations there were two Aws. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Okay. Hey, you want to check out our Facebook page? There are a bunch of things on there that I've been making a giant list of. All the new echinaceas, all the new uh, coneflowers that, that have come out over the past two weeks. There I got pictures all of them there. Pick your favorite. I have a picture of something I've been driving by for over 20 years and, and just last week noticed it. <laughs> Sitting right there in front of me. All Isn't these that the years. way it goes? Variegated Norway maple. Oh, okay. Uh, only half of it's variegated. Yes. <laughs> the other half is green. Oh, dear. And, and Keith put up uh, a, a posting about chick charms. Yes. Cool. There's a new one. Yeah, well, there's always new ones. Oh, my gosh. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait. A new hens and chicks. The, this whole Chick Charm series has yeah. lots of different <clears throat> colors, color yeah. variations. And I do have a picture of the tree across the street from me that's been pruned. And I put up a couple oh of funnies, too. God. Yeah, you did. You put some funny stuff up there. Um, and, and I don't remember any of them right now. But <laughs> and they're, too, they're, they're sight gags. You have to look at them. Yes, exactly. The, yeah. the one with Yoda is my favorite. Yeah. Oh, what else? I put up a picture of one of my favorite plants ever, anywhere, is a plant that uh, it blooms, but not so you'd ever notice. It blooms are very, very tiny. 
is uh, Basin Big Sagebrush. Okay. I just I just love the looks of that plant. Do you? The foliage is so <clears throat> so great. It smells wonderful if you like uh, Artemisia smells. I have a um, ornamental rhubarb. Mm-hmm. It was listed as Rheum, which is rhubarb, emoti, or emotii, <clears throat> giant leaves, mm-hmm. and giant seed stalks that go up to like eight feet tall. Cool. Are they edible? No. No. <clears throat> no. Okay. No. And and a picture of my clematis texensis. Uh huh. It's red. Yes. And and it looks like little tulips on the on the vine. They do. Yeah. yeah. There's Very one. Perfect. There's one out there. There's an actual varietal out there called Princess Di. Princess Diana. That might be the one I have. Okay. Yeah. That is. It's gorgeous. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. <clears throat> I've been trying to grow it from seed for now decades mm-hmm. and failing miserably every time but then which there you see just doesn't last long clematis you mean uh, yeah that too <laughs> the clematis seed does not last long it's in that same family ranunculus family the seed yeah. doesn't last long in storage on almost all of them well you know i i've been trying to get this clematis fargesioides <laughs> yes for years and years and years mm-hmm, and i'd mm-hmm. collect it off of my friend's plant collect mm-hmm. seed and none of it would ever come up and i just assumed that it's just not viable yeah and I was lamenting about it on Facebook or something. Yeah. Anyway, one of our friends, I f- had had a plant that he gave me. Cool. And it's growing. All right. It's already about five feet tall. And we're really excited. <laughs> oh, that's a little <laughs> fast, Keith. <laughs> Stand by. I, uh-huh. want, I Well, the reason I like it is it looks like the fall blooming um, Autumn sweet clematis, yes. the sweet uh-huh. autumn clematis uh-huh. with the s- clusters of small white flowers. Well, this has the same sort of look. The flowers are much larger during the summer. I've given up on the sweet autumn clematis because it always blooms so late that yeah. the first flowers open just about the time <clears throat> it freezes. Yeah, we get a frost. Some years, <clears throat> it's it's just glorious. Yes, I'm not. But I'm not. not here. Of an age now where I'm a, I'm okay with some years. <laughs> okay. Well, it needs to be every yeah, year. Yeah, me too. I know what you mean. Yeah. <clears throat> what else do I have? Uh, Philadelphus microphyllus. That's the little leaf mock orange. Oh, that's, that's an, a it's pretty a native. thing. I have. Well, I planted three, but there's probably only two left from a, a hailstorm many years ago. But the one in the back <clears throat> that has never bloomed until this year has twice as large flowers as the one in front. Really? Yeah. It smells just like a mock orange. Did you start them from seed? Yeah, these are all from seed. Okay. <clears throat> and I thought they were all small, but no. This one's no. got large flowers. Cool. Really very nice. And Maybe nice. you have a new variety you can market and get rich. <clears throat> well, I looked at the information on online. Actually, uh, the books I have one describing the plant. It, it, the large flowers are right up there with uh, as large as they can get. So oh, nothing okay. that unusual. Uh, what else? What else? Well, you could make stuff? something up. I have uh, uh, foxtail lily pictures. Yeah, those are on there. And most of those have gone by by now. And yucca baccata, one of my favorite yuccas. Oh, the banana yucca. The banana yucca. Why yeah. do they call it banana yucca? Well, the the fruit they say tastes like bananas. I I don't think it tastes like bananas, but it it is sweet. Uh huh. But I don't get any fruit this year. Okay. And I don't know why. Rhododendrons, they must be yours. Did you picture on Facebook your rhododendrons blooming? Oh, quite some time ago. Oh, okay. Well, it's, it's a long list. <laughs> it okay. Goes, it goes way back. 
and, and, and a bunch of other things. So uh, if you're interested in stuff about plants, things that grow here. Oh, also, uh, we have a Cactus and Succulent Society show today at the Jefferson County Fairgrounds. It opens up at 9 o'clock, $5 entry fee. So go out there and take a look at uh, Cactus and Succulent Society. Oh, I was going to mention that if you are a person <clears throat> who likes ferns and want to grow some hardy outdoor ferns, mm -hmm. I have three that I recommend. One is a ghost fern. The other is a lady fern. And the last is the Japanese painted fern. Yeah. And I have uh, one that is starting to creep out. It's sending out plants. Runners? Runners. Cool. I didn't know they did that. I'm really excited about that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Another weed in the offing. <laughs> there we go. But these, those three varieties I have found to be extremely durable here in Colorado. The slugs uh -huh. don't touch them, and they grow <clears throat> like weeds. They're wonderful. There are some plants you really do want to have grow like weeds. Yeah. Yeah. Ferns are one of them, except ostrich fern. And, and I think I'm happy that I, I can't get that to establish in my yard. Because <laughs> yeah, it will really go. Yeah. Oh, dear. All right, there's music. That indicates that we have to get out of here and make room for the next show coming into probably the very same studio and probably sitting in one of our pre-warm chairs here. So thank you, everybody, for listening to the show. And remember, as always, keep that shovel sharp and be careful where you dibble. And if you didn't get all your questions answered this week, guess what? We'll be back next week. We're going to do it all over again right here on Legends 810. The preceding program is sponsored by JK Communications.